Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. I am Kaylee Batesman, the Content Director at She Can Code, and today we are discussing artificial intelligence and whether or not it is biased. Now, over recent years, we've seen more and more automation creeping into our lives. AI, robotics, and other forms of smart automation have the potential to boost the global GDP by 15 trillion by 2030. A recent report from PwC found that women workers could be more affected by automation over the next decade, but male jobs could be more at risk in the longer term. The report also found that by the mid-2030s, 44% of workers with low education were at risk of automation. So how will AI affect our working lives and is it for the best? Now, thankfully, we've got Jalady Carverham, Head of Strategic Marketing at Artificial Solutions, to dive into this with us today. Welcome, Jalady. Thank you so much for having me, Kaylee. Um, I'm super excited to be here today chatting with you. And as you say, yeah, my name is Jalady Carvajal, and I've been working in conversational AI uh, for almost 15 years with artificial solutions. And yeah, during this time, I have the opportunity to meet and learn from so many great women, uh, but at the same time, recognize that we could be many more in, the, in this industry. So nowadays, I love to be involved in any initiative that can support increasing diversity or closing the gap in the industry. And of course, inspiring younger generations to follow our steps. Can I ask a little bit about your background um, and how you came into tech and also into this area? Obviously, it's quite niche. So what, what is your background there? So I'm originally from Venezuela, but I've been living in Spain for over 15 years. And uh, I think I had a good influence from my family. There is a lot. I have three sisters and one brother. My dad was into math and he, he was an economist. My mom is really into, you know, letters and he's a lawyer. So I got a really a good mix between them. Uh, so I never was really limited, I think, by my family on, you know, this is how you what you should be achieving. I had a like great role figures, which I think it's, essential for women to have and that's something that I am very adamant to to continue with my kids as well but uh, as soon as I, I actually had a you know a weird experience at school they would give me a, a psychological test to see you know what would be the best fit fit for a career and uh, the psychologist said well you actually can you know go into any fields because it's sort of balanced and that didn't help so I went first yeah. for you know I need to study something because I'm not sure myself what I want to do. It's I think it's a very hard decision to take when you're 16, 18 years old. So I'm just going to go into something that I know I can work afterwards. So I went into business, business management, and I made, it took a minor in IT because I said, you know, business, always going to be there. IT, always going to be there. Technologies, it's going to be in our lives. So that's going to at least give me a job. And I continued to specialize and then went into marketing, digital marketing. And I, I was lucky enough to land on a technology company and then learn the whole conversation I had in industry. And I just fell in love with it. So that's more or less my background. But uh, yeah, to summarize, role models, it's, it's, you know, like the most important thing I think that we can leave for, for younger generations. Yeah, yes, definitely. Um, 
and it's that visibility, isn't it? And just knowing that those people are in um, or women are in tech roles and what they do um, and understanding what that role is um, and knowing, you know, it, whether or not it's for you or not, um, being able to see it um, and be it. Um, so our conversation today uh, focuses on artificial intelligence and there has been a lot of back and forth um, over this conversation. Um, do you think it will lead to mass unemployment or is that a myth? This is always a controversial subject, uh, but I think it's nothing that we haven't heard before. Uh, any technological advance has created some sort of a crisis in terms of, of employment, but I think it also has created an opportunity to reskill and to sort of shape uh, and as we evolve as a, a society. Uh, for example, when machines were introduced to help with agriculture, people working the fields, lost their jobs, but new jobs were created to build and maintain those machines. At the same time with the technology or the bit of AI that we do, conversation AI, we're helping business automate processes, which means that sometimes the people that were working on those processes will be affected. But we have uh, very good examples of clients or of, uh, of ours that have managed to reskill those people. So people that were working, for example, in a call center, and some of them were not replaced, but uh, some of the work that they were doing is covered now by an automated tool, have been reskilled. And now they are developing the solutions and maintaining the solutions. And you know what? To, like the employee, from the employee's point of view, that's also a much more satisfying job than just answering the phone every, you know, every, every day and repeating the same answers, uh, which can be done by a machine. And I think customers are also. Uh, thankful for that because they can just do everything faster whenever they need it uh, instead of just having to to be limited by the schedule of a call center for example yeah yeah you're absolutely right i'm in the sense that every time there is some sort of technology advancement and um, it does cause a storm and i think people do worry um, not just about their jobs, but how things are going to change. Nobody likes change. It doesn't have to just be technology exactly. in the tech sector. But the tech sector moves so fast as well. So I think it's keeping up with all the advancements um, uh, causing a storm every time that, that something happens. And um, how is AI transforming the workplace? I was, you know, I would love to say that, yeah, it's transforming it completely. But as you say, technology moves so fast that it's really... It, like we are not fully aware of all the transformation and how easy technology is making our lives. Um, we use technology every day that may have AI embedded on it without even realizing it. And for us, it's, you know, it's sort of a black box that we use it, it works. We don't, you know, like the regular user won't even try to think about who it's, what's behind the, the curtain. It's just that, is it working? Is it not working? So they might not think of AI uh, of helping the, their lives in there. But uh, to me, AI it, in businesses, it's all around efficiency. It's about making everything that we do more efficient to work uh, with less and do more. Uh, for in our case, you know, like customers are getting a consistent experience. They don't have to go, like, no matter what channel they pick, they will still get the same experience, hopefully. And that will make them a happier and more loyal to your brand. Employees can rely uh, on AI to create a central repository so they are happy because they don't need to be training very 
um, often and they can always have the most up-to-date information and then businesses can do more with less. So they're also happy to implement these solutions uh, if they're making their customers happier, their employees happy. It's, you know, it's a no-brainer almost. Yes, yes, because it, it is, as you mentioned, about efficiency rather than um, a threat, I think is it, what exactly. it can be seen as. Um, but when you you know shine a light on it in, in that way, um, it definitely uh, it definitely has a lot of positives attached to it. Um, can you give us some examples of how companies use AI uh, within their hiring process? Yes, uh, we actually have a client in the US, it's called Grade Tree. And it's a 24-7 healthcare staffing agency that offer uh, staffing solutions to healthcare facilities. They work on 12 states in the U.S. and have been operating for over 20 years. And the way that they're using conversational AI is to support candidates through the job application and interview process. So it's not a, it's not that they're using AI to interview them, to interview them, but it's a just you know, as an extra support in case they have any questions regarding roles, regarding how does it work, when I'm going to get, you know, a yes or no, and whether my application has been accepted and so on. So it's always, it's almost like an extra employee that's always there trying to provide support for the applicant. And the goal is to automate and reduce disengagement on increase the customer experience in the recruitment process. So if someone has a question that they might not know how to continue or when they're filling out an application form, the, the bot can provide that information to them. And if the bot wasn't there, they probably would just shut it down and say, okay, I'll try to get back to them tomorrow or something like that. So by the, by the if the solution is there, then they have a, a source of information available at any time. And that is proven to be really helpful. Another example that I, I just thought of is uh, Google has a tool to practice for interviews. So, I mean, I'm I'm a, a fan of Google in, in some instances, like for some products, uh, some other, I'm not so much of a fan, especially when we get about privacy and all that, but, uh, you know, having the ability to, to have a free tool that you can use to practice for interviews, and you ask sample questions uh, to evaluate your answer and identify room for improvement, I think it's awesome. You can never have enough practice. So that's another way that AI can be used on recruitment. So in theory, then, if, if companies are using um, AI for recruitment, it should remove any bias there. You know, if there's anything, um, I, I remember hearing a, a great story about an orchestra uh, that every time that they recruited for somebody, um, they found that it was very male-dominated. So they, uh, when they recruited people for the orchestra, they decided to start doing this behind a curtain and getting people to remove their shoes. So you couldn't hear if it was a lady walking in in heels. Um, and once they did that, they found that actually the orchestra suddenly became, you know, 50-50 gender split. Um, and even though those people might not have realised that they were doing it on purpose, there, there was some kind of um, unconscious biasness going there, going on there. Um, but if companies are using AI, surely that that has been removed or or is it? I would love to say that there is a way to remove bias 100%, uh, but at the end of the day, a solution, even if it has machine learning, it's programmed by a human. 
And we, as humans, our brains are designed to organize information we receive through our senses into boxes or tags. And that information, it's um, based on the, our own experience. And as everything, it can evolve, it can change as we learn more and we become you know, more uh, educated, but we will always have an opinion on subjects. So I, I believe, you know, like the best way to decrease bias is actually to bring diversity in the, de in the, the development uh, of the solution. So the, the teams need to be diverse. They need to have people from different backgrounds, different points of views, because that at the end of the day will become part of the solution and make it, you know, more diverse, which is what we're trying to do. Uh, it, as you were saying, you know, like the orchestra example, um, by removing the visual, they only have to rely on their ears and, and just categorize it's like, is this, you know, from my experience, is this good? Is this bad? But the most uh, systems, they are very logical. So they will look at very specific, uh, specific patterns and they don't take into account, you know, like empathy or charm or stuff like that, that really makes a difference when you're trying to hire someone. And, and at the end of the day, that person is going to be talking and, and working with other humans. They're not going to be talking, uh, working with an AI. So they yes. need to feed into the team. Yeah. And whether you can um, relate with somebody and, 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 you know, you're told to show your personality, aren't you, in an interview? Um, and it, it's not always about the skills that you know, but whether or not the, the person that's interviewing you thinks, you know, will you fit in with our company culture, um, which obviously is you might not be able to show um, in an interview if it's just done by uh, AI, perhaps of the first initial screening phase um, to, to get you through to, to talk to um, a human. Um, you mentioned about uh, companies are not actually um, using robots to, you know, interview somebody. I take it it's not you would get to, you know, through to a certain stage of your interview and suddenly you are, um, your interview is conducted by a robot. I take it that is not what happens. <laughs> It could be. I mean, I, I, you know, like as 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 I was saying, technology goes so fast. Companies are trying different things. It might be that in some ways, companies are using AI to do some sort of like a first filter, uh, to because they are getting like an, an a huge amount of applicants, and they need to sort of focus on the ones that uh, might be the most uh, fit for the position. So if they're doing that, I think it could be a good tool, but they are also risking um, losing some good candidates that uh, might not be as comfortable as talking to an AI solution as an interview, if, if that's the case. Or even, uh, you know, like nowadays you do a CV and some of the CVs get scanned and basically run through an AI to identify, okay, based on the CV, these are the you know, like the closest fit to what your offer is. So in that case, you sort of have to think like a robot. If in, if that's the case of the company that you're trying to apply for, focus on the keywords and try to mimic the language of the company. That will also help because they're just basically trying to get a match. So if you get your CV to close as much as you can um, to the offer that they, they're putting out there, then it makes it easier for the system to identify you as a match. I'm not a fan 
of that because I I think you know the human component it's still very important and even if I'm you know a part of a computer uh, um, company that works on AI but uh, we not everything needs to be automated and that's something that we always say that as much as we you know this is our business and, and we want to uh, help businesses not everything needs to be automated we need to pick our our battles and what we want to focus on. Yes, yes. And those things that are automated, um, as we mentioned already, you know, interview processes, they are created by humans, as you touched upon earlier. And so surely, you know, some of our biases, they're they're going to creep in. Um, How can we resolve that? How can we make sure that that doesn't happen? One thing that uh, we're doing internally, we don't use um, AI for recruitment. But uh, we have a committee, like a diversity committee inside the company. So we come together, look at the offers and try to figure out, you know, what's the best language uh, to to be using? How do we identify? And these uh, meetings we have very regularly and then evaluate the performance of our job offers and whether they're attracting more male or female um, applicants to that. And it's a, you know, it's it's a never-ending work, uh, especially in this industry that's very technical. And some of the technical roles are very challenging uh, for us to try to bring more uh, females, for example. But if you really, you know, are passionate about this, you are trying to find a way uh, as long as you're working on it. I think uh, that's the best that you can do. So that's that's at least how we approach it inside our company. Yeah, yeah. And you were touching on a little bit there about um, diversity and ensuring that there, there is a diverse team that's working on it. Um, but could AI help improve diversity and inclusion within the tech sector as a whole? Or do you think it's, you know, just one element of, of um, something that needs to be, you know, quite a lot needs to be done within the tech sector to, to improve diversity and inclusion? So do you think that's just one part? Uh, I don't think AI by itself can do that. Uh, but people working with it within technology and in te- the technology industry can use their position to improve diversity and inclusion. So I think it's a top-down company decision, but also a personal one. Uh, you know, you have a commitment as a company to work on diversity manifestos and to try to do initiatives as that. But also as a you know as a female working in this industry, I can decide to get involved in other initiatives outside my company if I truly believe that. So if you if it's something that you know you're aware of, you believe in it and you think you can make a difference, then that's I think much more valuable than what AI can do. AI, it's you know, it's usually for most businesses unless they're making money out of it. It's a, it's really hard for them to say, okay, no, we're going to be just doing this for the good of it. So I think it comes down to humans much more than machines. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And um, what trends do you see in the future for AI? Where, where do you see it going? Uh, I think it, you know, like one of the areas that has the largest potential is not so much um not, not explore, but tap into it is data insight and data analysis. With the expansion and the inclusion of social media, everyone in, in the world has a voice and can re- potentially reach anyone else in the world. 
So just tapping into that from a business point of view can help you figure out trends, can help you on really understand what you know the problems with your products are, where you need to be offering clients, uh, when, and so on. So that part, uh, it's you know part of what we do. Uh, we just take it from the system when the system and the person are having a conversation. All that data uh, we provide to our businesses as well to our clients, uh, and then they can get insights from that. But uh, in a larger scale, I think uh, there is so much that customers and clients are saying out there and business haven't really taken the, the job to just listen to people. There are sometimes we're very put or set on our ways and we just need to start listening to clients and, and people at the end, people more. Yes, yeah. And if AI is um, very much data analytics uh, data and um, analysis if if you're looking to go into a career in AI is that something you know a skill that perhaps if you already do that and you're thinking about moving into a different area um, is that something that you know our listeners uh, might be considering a career in artificial intelligence Um, do, do the two connect there or are there any other skills that you think would be valuable for our listeners I think, um, you know, like I see nowadays because I have uh, two small children that uh, countries and, and society as a whole, it's recognizing more the, the need for them to start early. So they get, you know, like robotic classes, which we didn't uh, at, at that time. But I, I will suggest to, you know, like women that are trying to get into technology to think that even if we didn't have technology company, you're going to need accountants. You're going to need, you know, finance people. You're going to need lawyers. So don't limit yourself to only technical roles because there is a still a place for women within technology companies outside the products department. That said, uh, you know, I, I don't think at the beginning of your journey or your career, uh, you know for sure what you want to do with your life because that, that was my experience at, at least. So just, Try, try, text, you know, test out. There are so many tools right now that you can, that can help you learn how to code, that can help you, you know, like, for example, build a, a chatbot that you can just try and see if you like it. Uh, don't limit yourself. That's my suggestion. I think um, we don't need to put any more limits in, for ourselves. The, the world will do a lot of that for us. So we don't need to do it ourselves. Yes. Yeah. So you don't have to be technical to go into AI because it sounds incredibly technical. But as you just mentioned there, there are lots of roles within an AI company where you could find yourself working on projects um, to do with artificial intelligence, but you're not necessarily the technical person because it sounds incredibly daunting to say, you know, what your job is and, you know, where you work. Well, I have to say, you know, like within our uh, industry there is a role which is conversational designer and those are the, the people of course there is a technical component and that's our product team you know putting the platform together in the interface so you can build these solutions but the conversational designers actually look at you know language and most of them their background is in linguistics it's not on technical it's not they are not developers they look at you know how we use phrases how we use verbs uh, how you know a conversation needs to be evolving and they map out these conversations that because we use language everywhere every day for us 
it's just easy to talk. But when you're trying to teach a system how to talk, then then you realize how hard it is and how amazing our brains are for just doing it like that. So it's, um, again, it's their linguists that maybe at the beginning of their career, they wouldn't expect to end up in a technical role at a conversation AI company. So that's another example then that we can use. Yeah, there, and there must be so many roles that we haven't even thought of or probably don't even exist yet. But as you just mentioned, one there, um, going into it, speech and communication and, and linguistics, I mean, that's something that um, I hadn't even thought about. I think with AI, you tend to go straight to the thought of robots um, and robots. I saw, uh, you know, taking over is is <laughs> is also the the image that we always get with artificial intelligence. Is that is that something that you hear quite a lot about robots rebelling against society? As much as I love science fiction, I don't think that will happen. Uh, but you know. It's always about how you use the technology and, you know, for, for better, for worse, technology can be used for good, but can, all be, also, can be also used on, on bad. And I think, as I was saying before, these solutions, they need to be programmed by a developer. Someone has to see it behind them, thought about how they're going to behave, how they're going to be evolving and what is their objective. So unless someone out there is trying to create uh, a solution that will take over the war, I wouldn't be worried. And even if, if that happens, I'm sure, you know, we can get a, a great group of women to counteract that. And yes. <laughs> because we women know that that's not the way, confrontation is not the way. So I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to to tackle that if that happens. Yes, yes. And I, I, I highly doubt that we're anywhere near there, but it's always a question that we we need to ask if we're going to be chatting about artificial intelligence. Um, but we are um, almost out of time and uh, the conversation has gone incredibly fast today. So thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for creating this space for, for women to share their experience. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, for everybody listening, as always, uh, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next time.